You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. All right, so you're wondering, how do I listen to you guys live? How do I check it out? Well, good news. We stream every Wednesday, 9 p.m. over on Twitch. Nerddux, N-E-R-D-D-U-X, or Nerd to Know Media on YouTube or Twitch. That's how you're going to be able to catch us. Hope to see you in the live chat. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre, this is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch bad movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is We are here on Nerd to Know Basis on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Uh, we are here with, with the gang. How's it going, guys? Yo! Ahoy! We're a gang uh, now. In, in, uh, yeah, we're, we're a gang. We have we <laughs> are are we gang sharks and we, we commit crime, right? <laughs> are, are, we, are, we, are we the Jets or the Sharks? We're, we're the, the Jets. <laughs> we're the Tunnel Snakes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's rising back. off gang, that glory. Gangs nowadays... Gangs nowadays aren't creative. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're calling ourselves the Jets. That's like not mm. a great start. Yeah, with the Shark Jets. <laughs> the with the shark Jets. No, no, no. We're we're creative. We're the, we're the Jets, but there's a H bet after the J. <laughs> <laughs> and an umlaut over the E. Mm. Uh, you so know, I, 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 remember, I remember when they tried to get rid of the umlauts, and then we had to do a whole big two years where they're like, "Oh, they're going to replace the umlauts," and then they just didn't. I'm sorry, Grandpa Simpson. When did they try to get rid of the umlauts? The, the Kaiser. The Kaiser tried to get rid of the old twenty. In Team Dickety Two. Because the Kaiser got rid of the word twenty. Twenty. <laughs> <laughs> the year was Dickety and we were all doing the Tiki Talk. <laughs> this was the style at the time. <laughs> we didn't have any yellow umlauts because of the war. <laughs> During lockdown, you could only get these red ones. Good oh, Jesus! Man. I was I was supposed to start this show with a eulogy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still can. But so so, so anyway, I had I had an AirPod on my, uh, in my ear, which was the style at the time, <laughs> and an onion on my belt. Now, to take well, before, the bus, uh, you needed one of these special passes, and in so those before days, before I get to said, my these were masks. Terrible, awful news. And in I wore a mask on my face, order. which was a style at the time. In ascending order, how is everyone doing? Giddy, apparently. Yeah, we're, we're in and a silly mood. possibly senile. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go in alphabetical so, order then. Bryn, so Bryn would be are you first. okay apart from disappearing into Shelbyville or the Android yeah. Dungeon? This is just how I live my life now. 
you know, I'm just slowly receding into the background. And, you know, I've made my peace with it. It's fine. Oh, I see. This is a visual for those who aren't are listening on the radio or Spotify. Absolutely. A visual recreation of what is like emotionally happening to you in yeah. life. Emotionally, yeah. metaphysically, you know, I'm just slowly but surely going into the back of a comic book shop. Uh, good reason to check out our YouTube channel, There's No Basis, on YouTube. <laughs> what is the symbolism of D&D books falling on you? Um, it's just a big weight. You know, it, it's, that's what it is. It's just a big weight. It's a lot of it's a lot of, uh, who does, lot of who knowledge does, falling on me. A lot of useless does, knowledge falling on me. Who who does near to no media? Who do who's our HR team? Who can I compare to that nobody wants to play D and D with me? I want um, to complain. Who do I complain to? So, Are you just asking on the air to see if you can find yeah, yeah. friends? To- so so uh, Dara, <laughs> if you want to make a complaint to HR, what you need to do is you need to write it down and then email it to yourself. Okay. Or, because and, that way you won't lose that's it. Noted. Yeah. That's noted. That's noted. Yeah. That's right. You write it down. You print it off. You fold it into a nice paper airplane. You throw it to the sky. <laughs> and it comes back to you. Which was <laughs> the style at the time. It's yeah. 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 It's boomeranged on you. Yeah. <laughs> You're throwing sick as boomeranged on you. <laughs> uh, Kian, how are you doing? I am very, very good. Struggling with a bit of a back injury, but it's nothing that modern medicine can't fix. And very happy to be here, as always, and excited to talk about all the things we have not talked about in the past month because we've been interrupted by, uh, in the real world, cyber terrorism, and in our own heads, the Simpsons film. So I'm excited to do this one. Over to you, Are they, not the, are they not the same thing? Now, there's a point. The, the real the cyber movie was a hack. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cyber terrorism was the Simpsons movie we made along the way. Um, well, ahoy everyone! Um, I, I'm happy to be here. At the moment, I'm eating noodles and I'm having a good time. So, yeah, it turns out that we were right the entire time. Today was Zonk's day. <laughs> and Does anyone have confetti? All- so there we go. And here's the thing. People said, oh, no, it's crazy. It's just a meme. Well, that meme was worth $61 a share. And I bought them at five. Woo. So, woo. My students so are Dara, talking Dara is, these emoji things. Dara is taking chicken nuggets to the moon. <laughs> Absolutely. You guys should have listened. We told you. They should have listened. We didn't listen. We didn't listen. We our harpoon. Yep. This is why well, you listen to this show. For nonsense and financial advice. This is why you listen to this show. This. Um, petition to change the title of the show to non- to nonsense and financial advice. <laughs> if that's that's good SEO. That's good. Uh, I have no. I have Dara's noticed zonks and stonks. I I have noticed when you listen to because I listen to Tim Pool a lot. And whenever he starts talking about Bitcoin, he's like, "No, I'm not going to give you financial advice," and I'm like. Ah, no. Why? No one actually listens to you, Tim. You're just a joke. <laughs> but in all fairness, in all fairness, he was right. Now, everyone, buy Bitcoin. I'm not giving you financial advice, but buy Bitcoin. Curse buy the you, dip. Magic Doge. No, don't buy Doge. Doge is, is, is terrible. Bitcoin. Bitcoin and Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> and if you Which lose is- all your money, that's not my fault. The main Which thing is a is good segue, hold. if any, into a eulogy. So... 
Should we sidestep yeah. that? So, uh, just because I know Kev's been asking for about 20 <laughs> minutes now. Go on, yeah, Kev. Try, try, just trying to rein this horse in. Just, um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. So, so to, this horse just wants to be free, man. This horse just wants to be free. So <laughs> Don't put to, baby uh, in a corner. To, to ruin Dara's <laughs> good time noodles. Uh, I'm celebrating, man. I am celebrating the zonks and everyone's saying you're crazy. And things aren't right. People, you know, people are saying that for for aren't necessarily saying that for the same reason. By the way, can I just say, Bryn, this is the second time that I've been right on things that people have said I was crazy about. The first one was Sting coming oh to WWE, <laughs> and the other was uh, AMC going to the moon. Can I just let the record show, ladies and gentlemen? Mm. Anyway, so yeah, like, like I, I yeah Kat. wanted to start the show <laughs> I feel so bad for on a Kat. solemn tone. <laughs> Look, if we ever attend a funeral with Dara, this is how it's going to go. He's going to steal the platform and talk about Bitcoin. <laughs> talk about um, yeah. So and remind to, to, Bryn and, and remind Bryn about the two times that he was wrong. To, so to to be just a, just a real downer right now. Uh, to bring it down, I I want to start things off by uh, mentioning the the well known at this point passing of. Uh, Iconic, famous uh, manga author Kentaro Miura, known for his works on the the long running ma- uh, seinen manga series Berserk, uh, passed away from a uh, uh, I can't remember the specific actually off the top of my head, but it was it was essentially a stress related injury, uh, which is terrible on its own, but really cites into a larger issue of overwork in the manga industry but not to kind of bring things that direction i i kind of wanted to start it off by just taking a moment to commemorate the sheer importance uh berserk has as a cultural piece of content Uh, aside from it's just being one of the most stellar pieces of dark fantasy writing ever made um but its importance is seen in just so much mainstream media that I don't think Berserk gets enough recognition for. Uh, because without Berserk, there would be no Dark Souls. Uh, Miyazaki has basically said that that entire fr- game franchise is uh, is in homage to Berserk. And probably most notably in the video game spheres, there would be no Buster Sword in Final Fantasy VII if there was no Berserk. Berserk basically is the ground floor of protagonist with sword bigger than he is. Um, and I, I, yeah, I just want to kind of take a moment to, to say that I definitely think if, if you haven't, I would highly recommend Berserk, but big, big caveat, Berserk's intense. Like Berserk to to recommend Berserk is to also put up is to also give a content warning for everything. Berserk is filled to the brim with graphic seeds of gore, sexual violence, emotional abuse, just everything littered. And while there is a thrill in getting seeing a lot of violence thrown around the page berserk shines in its much more tender moments and if you can if you have if you're able to handle 
uh, very intense material, particularly very intense phys- uh, visual material, uh, I definitely think people should give Berserk a try. Uh, and just, yeah, just to kind of start off by basically saying, rest in peace, Miura, you are an absolute masterclass and you will be missed. Oh, it's very well said, Kev. Very well done. I think Mira would want you to buy the dip too. Mm. You couldn't give him ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Daryl, what's uh, what's 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 Mira's stocks looking like right now? <laughs> actually, just just before we kind of move on, uh, maybe for like the kind of newbies like me, you should also let people know what Berserk is about. Apart, from uh, yeah, horrible, you know, actually, I... violence. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the thing, Kev, uh, right? I'm ag- I'm actually not familiar with it, with him at all. So that, in all so, seriousness, like for newbies, what would yeah. you recommend, and what's it kind of about? Berserk, it's uh, the essential, like the bare bones plot is surrounds the the story of Guts, aka the Black Swordsman, uh, going out of his way to fighting his way through a land, through a fantasy land, just run to the brim with demonic infestation uh, on a revenge quest to kill the five leaders of the God Hand. Uh, now that's again, that is that is the barest bones plot summary. Uh, and I'm trying to think like I, I, it's hard for me to kind of say to recommend it without saying much more about it because I think part of it is finding out things along is finding out the the twists and turns along the way if I actually because I have prepared essentially nothing for this podcast as opposed to recommendation I will point more to two pieces of work that actually do a far better job at recommending Berserk and it's two YouTube videos by two different creators. Uh, first is Super Eyepatch Wolf, who we've mentioned on the show before, wonderful Irish content creator. On YouTube, he does a length video on why you should read Berserk. Uh, and the other is a YouTube channel called Beyond uh, Beyond Ghibli. Uh, two video essays, roughly, I think, between a half an hour and an hour to an hour each, that, aside from being stunningly edited and stunningly worked, do a far better job at getting to the core of what Berserk is and why you should read it, then I think I could at the start of a podcast where we talk about stocks. <laughs> okay, very totally very fair. well said, Kev. And I, you know what? It's just so eerily similar that I feel like I have to take us on a sideways direction because speaking of things that we generally recommend but are hard to talk about because it gives away the plot and because there's a content warning around extremely graphic violence... Should we talk about Invincible? Yes. Yes, we should. <laughs> just because like, the similarities people... just kept building up in my head. Thinking. Thinking. No. <laughs> no. To, in fact, to completely derail this radio format, no, we should not, and we should sit here for silence <laughs> for the next 40 minutes. For the next 40 minutes, <laughs> imagine taking... what you think our faces look like thinking. Mm. We're, ta- we're taking this into a new, strange direction. <laughs> <laughs> Number six. Uh, number six. Uh, number six. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, See, like, you, so, you missed Invincible. Lisa, you missed, you missed Lisa there, around sorry. here with, with her uh, Simpsons non sequiturs. She is the queen of them, to be fair. Yeah. 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 The uh, lizard so, queen, if you will. She is the lizard queen. <laughs> so, uh, and so over the past week, yeah, most of us have been caught up with Invincible. Um, I suppose, Bryn, uh, you take us off. I think you, you're the one that really wanted to kind of get into this. Yeah. So, like, hold on, hold on. Can I just say, can I just say, 
I told him to watch this like three weeks ago. And he's like, oh, no, I'm too busy playing D&D. Not with you, Dara. That's uh, not what I said. I said I was too, I was too busy raising my son. Um, well, what I heard was you were too busy playing D&D. Without- yeah. yeah, which do I have Which do I have seven days a week and which do I have for three hours on a Friday night? I know, Dara, I, I wonder. I Dara, you're getting into fierce old man yells at Cloud yes. territory here. Wow, Bryn, you, you, play de- you play D&D seven days a week? That's impressive. I don't know. I don't know. I'll joke it aside, though. Uh, yeah. No, I'm glad you. I'm glad you all watched it because I've been wanting to hold on. I've been wanting to talk about this for ages. So go yeah, on, go I can. I can see you hopping in your seat even without your camera on. Oh yeah. man, I've been waiting for this for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, like, oh, like just uh, cutting it short, cutting the initial part of the short. Like I really liked it. Um, one of the things that I I wanted to kind of highlight what why I think it's a bit more special than your standard thing is that like. I think it's safe to say that over the last 20 years, the the uh, the idea of doing a storyline where it's like, well, what what if Superman was a bad guy has been done to death. To Even point, by Amazon Prime. Mm, like To the point where it's pretty boring unless you do something really interesting, like in the other Amazon Prime show where he's got a bit of a mommy fetish. Um, you know, um and like in, in this one, what I thought was interesting was that like on one hand, it is it is doing the same thing of going, well, what if Superman was a bad guy? But it also seems to it, I think what makes it a bit more special is that it's also kind of doing a, a unique reconstruction where it's kind of go it's kind of saying, well, if if you took like a Superboy analog being invincible, he's basically going, Well, I, I have to be a hero because I live here. And that's exactly what Clark would be like. And I just think that's a very refreshing thing to see because like, especially after Brightburn, I just went like, okay, I never, I never again want to see another what if Superman is evil storyline, you know? And it's just, it's just been nice to see something like this where it's actually like doing something with the concept, which I've really, I I thought was really, really nice. Well, can I take us a few steps back and just pitch the show for anyone who hasn't heard? Because you hear the word invincible and it gives Mm -hmm. you nothing. So basically... Before you you jump in, one second. Mm. Bryn, did you hate Brightburn because it didn't do anything with the concept and it set everything up? Or did you hate it just in general? Um, I thought in terms of like... like If if all it's doing is set up, I just thought it was boring setup because yeah. I, like again it's the thing of like i've grown up with this storyline yeah. do something with it and it just was like okay i've seen this this is really dull like the only so that, thing that's unique about brightburn is that they did it when he's a child and that's it yeah. that's the only thing like so that was your problem it was the, it was the setup like, the, 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 the film the film as itself has is fine like it hits the notes it wants to hit but it's a tune i've heard before that's you know fair. like it's it's you know, it's the difference between hearing unforgi- the hearing Unforgiven by Metallica for the first time and hearing Unforgiven Part Three, and you're like, why does this exist? You know, still yeah. not forgiven. You know, no. That, yeah, that's it, the well, that's the difference. Hmm. You know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for derailing. I think I'm just on a derailing kick today. I think all that coffee I've hit and started to hit me. Yeah, it's. I thought you were doing you it on do- purpose. I'm more impressed that you're not. You want no. a derailing kick, Dara? That's not like you at all. <laughs> no, Dara's, no, I'm on Dara's gone point. full. Tara's gone full chaotic neutral. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. The, that's where I think I sit now. Full on chaotic neutral this week. Anyway, Aren't you the guy on, used to only this week. Plans? On, only this week. <laughs> well, see, well, yeah, for only the show this thing. week. <laughs> 
Well, the show plan thing went out the window when we we, we came up with a segment saying how many things have we hit on the show plan? And <laughs> one or two. <laughs> yeah. uh, so just actually uh, before Kian goes and uh, does start uh, summarizing what Invincible is, I just I think it is funny that we've hit a point in the saturation of Evil Superman where the pro- where the concept of what if Superman was good is a novel idea. <laughs> took this word straight out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, and like. Without getting into too many spoilers, I feel like near the end, it kind of responds to criticisms around, say, Man of Steel, where it kind of puts those themes in and doesn't address them. Uh, and especially the last episode, it really feels like mm. it knows what it's it like. And like Bryn said, it knows what it's doing with the concept and has something to say about it. It's not just doing it for shock value. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. Ian, what, am I, what am I supposed to do? Let them die? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the worst line but, in anything ever. But uh-huh. Kian, uh, bring us back. What actually is Invincible? As we're yes. Talking about it. So Invincible is an eight-episode animated show on Prime Video. Um, I'm assuming adapted from a comic. Uh, the thing to note about it before we go too far down the rabbit hole of like kind of what it represents and all that kind of stuff is it's animated in a style that is very similar to the DC cartoons of, say, the 90s. So Yeah, the Bruce Timm era yeah, animated yeah. style. Yeah. So immediately it has, before we get into the plot, it sets you up to think it's going to be a typical superhero type show and then takes you on a bit of a journey from that point. But, but by and large, it's set in a DC-like universe where superheroes exist and they're part of popular culture but they're not so saturated as, say, the levels of, you know, the boys or Hero Academia. And it's basically about the son of this world's kind of Superman figure. And it's about his journey into becoming a hero and finding out how it works and then hitting up against sort of actual challenges that aren't really presented very well in the genre so far so like for example the reality of not telling the people you care about that you're a superhero and just disappearing for months on end collateral damage all this kind of stuff it sounds very heavy-handed when i explain it like that but that is basically the crux of the show it presents the tropes and then plays around with them i think you, you definitely hit on that where it it does a fantastic job at weaving in a lot of the convolutions of these massive sprawling comic book universes like you know how you have your justice league but then also actual hell exists and there's a demon knock around and there's just various <laughs> other things but like it throws all this at you i think like and having a like a very base understanding of these kind of comic universes it kind of throws all this at you but not so overwhelmingly that it just kind of expects you to understand it and it it, it does it with a deft hand that like you kind of you accept everything it throws at you mm. I mean, the terrible thing about uh, trying to talk about Invincible is one, you can't, it's hard not to give the story away. And two, when you describe it, it sounds so dour and so joyless, but it's wonderfully presented. If you, even if, because I've never, I must confess, I've never really read the DC Universe, you are given enough information to keep up with it. And it's fun. The soundtrack is great crack. The voice actors, this might be the best voice cast in anything. Because Can like say, if you're watching it on the computer, like all the actors just sit by and oh oh ah, ah. like you know the, it's, well, it's are, genuinely the, brilliantly put together. Like one of the cool things about the voice cast is Jason Manzukas 
is uh is is one yeah. of the main cast in it. And I was like, oh my god! And I love when anyone from How the Disc Get Made shows up in random things, because anything <laughs> they're in is usually terrible in the best way possible or really good. It's like when Paul Shear shows up randomly, and you're like, oh, there's Paul Shear. Look at him. I definitely like DiCaprio, yeah. I definitely appreciated that. Like uh, that, this the show just had. Like, I definitely appreciate the show has a has a has an Asian lead. I think that's awesome. Mm. Uh, and the fact that Stephen Yeun is managing to go toe to toe with like J.K. Simmons, it's yeah, and yeah, Sandra Oh as well as the and mother, Sandra Oh like, is you know. great. Mm. Yeah, no, like it's, you know it's an I hate, incredible though? voice ass. You know who I hate? Oh, <laughs> I hate you. I hate your woman. Which one? girlfriend? The girlfriend. Oh, well, that's she, not she, that's not she, the actor's fault though. Like she's no, no, too. she's great, dude. I don't, I don't even no, I'm not yeah. talking about the actors. I'm talking oh. about the show. Oh. She's like the worst person who ever existed. Oh like, no, that's not fair. Oh no, she is. Come on, like come on, she's greatest monster. Come on, she's like. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He literally says he literally brings her back a moon rock, and she's like, oh. Well, you were mean to you. You weren't there when I wanted to take you to dinner, and you're just like, like, listen here, you. There's better things to worry about than you going to the dinner. He watch you back a moon rock, like I'm yeah, just like ridiculous. That's, that's... High maintenance beyond maintenance, and she's not I... even. You know, she's not even that cool. She but she didn't. She powers. didn't. She didn't even know it was a moon rock because he was hiding his identity at that time. Yeah, so yeah. she just was she, like, she knew. You brought she back knew. Back she, no, no, she knew. It was. She knew he was invincible the entire time. She said it at the end. Well, and actually, I was like, and I, I was I'm like, glad you brought this up, Dara, because like yeah. we talked, we talked a bit before we started recording about how it kind of sets up the tropes and kind of plays with them. This is very clearly like a sort of Spider-Man and Mary Jane type setup. Yeah, but Mary Jane's cool. School yeah, but, but, Mar- but, but Mary Jane is cool. She's actually relatable. Well, hang on, hang on. Let me finish up here because like this is what I'm saying though. The show stresses that. She knows the whole time and he's been lying to her for five months anyway. And she's like, she's basically said, just be honest with me. Just be here. She doesn't say be around me all the time. She says, if you're going to be somewhere and you say you're going to be there, turn up. Like, you know, so there is like across the series, there is this sort of examination of, okay, well, here's how it works in the real world. Like there is without getting too much into spoilers, like, I think he assumes that once she he tells her the truth, everything will be fine because he's a superhero and oh, isn't that amazing? And my higher call and also but it explains everything. Yeah, you know? yeah, but she doesn't have to care. She does not owe him special treatment because he's a superhero. If she if he isn't meeting her halfway in terms of being a boyfriend, then she has every right to just tell him to go get stuffed. And I think See, that's something that's what? never examined in superhero stories. Well, here's the thing. I think that, I think that he, like, it, it's got to do, like, I see where you're coming from and I do appreciate the trope. But if she had any redeeming qualities at all, I could come along with it. It's like, yeah, okay, fine. She feeds the poor. Great. Good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's well, I mean, he's if saving, you start he, there, no, hold on, hold more on. does she have to do? He's saving the planet. <laughs> Literally, the planet wouldn't exist if he didn't do anything. She's like, oh, I, I, I slapped yeah, out some Yeah, but like, I you mean, know, it's like, by that logic, if a thing. fireman came to my door and said, I'm a fireman, I save people all their life, go out with me. I'd be like, cool. <laughs> 
but no. No, but hold on a minute. She wouldn't be able to give her soup out to people if the world didn't exist. But that is the central crux of the show. You know because, I, mean? I mean, again, not to go too into spoilers, but there is a huge, and it's embodied in the parents too. There's a huge yeah. divide between superheroes and the way they view themselves and, and reality, people who aren't yeah. superheroes who are just kind yeah. of trying to get on with the job of living their lives. And, and even the main character falls victim to this higher calling thing, treating people who aren't superheroes kind of as lesser. Like, you know, so I, 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 I get I where you're coming I, from, I, I, uh, but I think no. it is a theme in the show and not like a failure of writing. Do you know what I mean? I also I don't, don't know how you can harp on on how unlikable she is when you've got bleeding Rexplode, who is the most <laughs> pompous excuse for a human being I have ever seen put to screen. Well, see, and he's loathed <laughs> every moment I was watching. No, see, <laughs> he's played by Jason Man- Manzoukas, and that's just Jason Manzoukas' character. So I that, love that's it. Just, just that's who that. Jason Manzoukas yeah. plays in everything he's everything. ever in. Yeah, exactly. Everything, so like, I just everything, everything yeah, he's in. Yeah. It's just that's like the way he, he is. He, yeah. Like uh, Rex Blood is the exact same as Dennis Feinstein. Yeah, you know exactly. Yep. Cool. Then I guess I don't know what he's in, but I guess I hate Dennis Feinstein. <laughs> yeah, Dennis, Fe- <laughs> Dennis Feinstein's in Parks and Rec, and I highly yeah. recommend you watch Parks and Rec. Oh, uh, dude! If so. you if you guys haven't seen Parks and Recreation, it's the best show. It's so good. Ever. It's on Netflix so now. Except for, it is, yeah. No, except for the first season. The first season's kind of iffy. Oh, the first season's slow anyway. The, yeah. the, fir- the first, um, I maintain that the show doesn't get good until uh, Adam Scott and um, uh, what's his name? The, the uh, uh, Chris Traeger. What's his, what's, uh, the actor's name? Rob Lowe. Oh, like, Rob when, Lowe, Adam, yeah. when Adam Scott and Rob, Rob Lowe show up, the, I, that's I, I maintain that's, that's, that's when the show kicks into it actually finds yeah. its rhythm and that yeah. takes like that takes the guts of two seasons to do it but like it's, it's actually one of the best shows ever mm. put to tv yeah. and I, I i love the fact that just randomly paul Shear and jason manzuka show up brand like yeah throughout the whole show it's fantastic yeah what i would what i'd also say is that like while the first a season and a half, first two seasons are subpar. They the episodes are quite short, so you get through it quite quickly. So like, <laughs> it's short. I love it. It's it's the it's, it's the short. I love it. it. It's the it's the Bernard Black Bernard Black seal of approval. It's terrible. It was quite short. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, no, um, I w- w- would recommend definitely if you guys haven't seen it to check it out. Yeah. Also, um, just on while we're still talking about the voice actors from Invincible, I also want to highlight that um, Walton Goggins, the guy who plays uh, Ce- uh, Cecil, is so freaking good in this. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, like, there, perfe- there you go, perfectly- playing with tropes as well, like because he's set up to clearly yeah. be a sort of like a Nick Fury type who has a mm. bad agenda. Yeah, but as yeah. the show goes along, we find out that actually he's just been given the impossible task of mm. trying to control superheroes yeah. with no powers. Absolutely. Which, you know, what like, my hair would go uh, well, great Walton, too. Walton's been one of my favorite actors since I first saw him in The Shield, which came out in 2001, so it's quite a while. Yeah. He's so good, and it's great. To, like I just love seeing him in, in shows. <laughs> if- if I might tangent, one of my favorite things Walton Goggins has done is his uh, cameo in Community. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which, so which, which is hilarious on its own. But when you piece it with, uh, at the start of the pandemic, Community, the cast did a they did, screen. Yeah. They did a screen uh, uh, script. Table read. Reading. Table read. 
uh, a table read of that episode, but they couldn't get Walton Goggins. So they got uh, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. And just throughout it, Pedro just could not keep a straight face reading some of the lines because they're just um, some of the they are some of the funniest <laughs> things that Walton Goggins ever said. And the fact that he Absolutely. said it so straight faced in the episode, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's so great. Well, tell you what, since Here, that's kind of <laughs> since that's kind of segued into talking about it, since we can't really talk about the plot. Uh, which characters jump out at you guys? Because to sum, to sum it down very, very a complicated thing down, we have our kind of Justice League equivalent. We have our Teen Titans equivalent. We have Invincible and his kind of cast of friends and family. And then we have a whole wake of villains from different backdrops and stuff. So and we have like, Hellboy. We have Hellboy. Hellboy. Exactly. Yeah, Gray, Clancy yeah, Brown. Just... So like, I mean, Dara, what kind of characters jumped out at you? I loved Random Hellboy. I thought that was amazing. I was Even just like, oh, Random Hellboy. Yeah. yeah, I was like, this is great. Yeah, yeah no. um, adding, adding a kind of a noir mystery aesthetic really really engaged me for that kind of midpoint. Mm. Yeah. Like when you know, it's, it's the fact that you know the answer to the mystery, but not knowing why. And it's just kind of that, it's that little kind of Jessica Jones kind of noir. It's like, ooh, mm. ooh yeah, I love Yeah, can it. I hop in there, Kev, now? Because it's, we won't spoil the ending, but basically, as Kev said, the the mystery isn't who did it, but why what? did they do it? And I think okay, hold so on, hold makes... on. Can I just can I just yeah. touch on there, right? So, like, we won't spoil it, but we will say that the Justice League are ki- the Justice League equ- equivalent are murdered brutally by a main character. This is why you have asterisks over Efficient. the word "but." Yeah, yeah. And the whole show basically is geared around why what happened happened as. Invincible is trying to find become a superhero, basically. Yeah. So that's like the setting of it, but at the same time, because the Justice not the not Justice League <laughs> are gone, the not Teen Titans have to take over. Yeah. That that's a very good summary, Dara. And like yeah. it's, I think even though we don't find out why they were killed until near the end, if you depending on how you feel about it, whether it's a why. Did they do it for a good reason, or there must be an explanation? Or was it a, I think by the end you're going to have to take a long, hard look at yourself for thinking the way you do about the character that did it. Because like, I was ready for the sort of like, oh, of course it'll make sense at the end, even knowing full well how violently the Not Justice League died. Like, what good explanation could possibly justify? that level of torment like you know i mean is there anything you want to throw in there bryn yourself like or am i on the wrong track here um yeah i i don't really that's not really how i watched it i just kind of went oh okay this is going to get explained and kind of didn't i i didn't really kind of go like oh but what way will they explain this it's more just like well he'll he'll give us the explanation when we get there because it's clearly like not like it's mind control or something even though every now and again it did go oh maybe it's mind control but then thankfully it wasn't um but yeah it's um like i i really love how they set up i think they like it was one of the things they do really well is they set up really like they set up enough moving parts that by the time you get towards the end of it, you're you're always guessing about a lot of things. Mm. Like why are the um the why are the clone uh, the clones working for the robot? You know, uh, was a really cool thing that got introduced 
about what halfway three quarters three, Which, three quarters of the by way. the way zachary quinto as the robot yeah. character excellent perfect yeah. casting and clancy brown as the clones also uh, side note even though it's a really one no joke i never stopped loving the fact that they would argue about who was the original here's the thing yeah, right kevin michael richardson yeah it, it was a one no joke but it actually said a lot about how good they actually are at their job and actually mm. sets up that twist later on that Absolutely. when they clone someone, you actually physically and mentally can't tell mm. who's the real one. Mm. I it, thought it was it, brilliant. It needs to be that way, otherwise it just causes problems. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's, and- it's a very, it's a very, um, but I, it's one of those things where like, it just what every scene they're in. It just adds like Adventure Brothers vibe yeah. to the to it for me, and I just it, I just love that. It just makes me so happy. I can't. It just hits me just right. Like, and can I say there's no flab on this show? Like, no. if a character is no, introduced, very lean. they yeah. will come back. Mm, like, even if you lean. think, oh, that was a fun villain for a one off. No, they'll come off in some way. And like, you know, every character gets well served. I really loved. Uh, is it Atom Eve? The Jillian yeah. Jacobs character, like, oh, you yeah. know, uh, she was absolutely fantastic. And they kind of set I, her up to go one way and they go a different. But like, that's it. I, I was fully anticipating a love triangle mm. and I started already kind of sighing yeah, yeah, yeah. about it. But then she when she basically turns around and sees like, uh, I can never, what's what is the other girl's name? I can never remember it. The duplicating one. No, no, the girlfriend. Oh, I see. I'll, you know what? I'll just get a cast list up now. Uh, but anyway, when, when um, horrible person. She's not horrible. Would you leave when, her alone? When, when Invincible uh, ends up starting to date your woman. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Adam, Adam you kind of sees them. It, there's no jealousy. She's like, oh, that's good for you. You know what? You've you've earned it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm pleasantly surprised by this. This is nice. I was so angry with that. I was like, God damn it. You know, what's going on? I'm like, get your eyes fixed, Invincible. Come on. She's way cooler. No, but I mean, I was I was fully anticipating her to be jealous and to be like kind of a love triangle. Yeah. The fact that Adam that the fact that Eve kind of was like, that's cool. I'm gonna go off and do my own thing and be a humanitarian for a while. I was like, hell yeah, Eve. Okay, yeah, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. It Eve actually that Eve girl- actually changes things and she actually helps people. Well, your woman is sitting there on her little high horse. She's not soup. a superhero though. You can't measure her by a superhero's lifestyle. You can't measure uh, her compared to the one that can fundamentally change the atom. <laughs> just saying, you know, it's like, just uh, I'm just asking questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll, I will say this though to segue onto Kev's point. I really oh, like the fact Brynn. that Amber and Atom Eve actually had a more yeah. meaningful friendship than Amber yeah. and uh, Mark did by the end of it. I thought that's a oh, really that, cool quirk it, it, of the writing. Amber, like, Amber, Amber, Amber. Yes. that's her name. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. her name. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, like, and just, like, there's so much, like, I mean, I, I'm even just scrolling through this. I didn't know John Hamm was in this. Yeah, he was, John like, Hamm. you know, no one is, like, kind of wasted. And it's, I'm, in a weird way, the end, like, we won't spoil the ending, but there's so many things still in the air, but you're not mm. frustrated by it. No, like, like, no, no. I mean, it's even very... outside of Earth, there's things going on. But, like, it's you just very... trust that it's going in a nice, fun direction, you know? What what did you guys think of the alien invasion uh, plot line where he just kept coming back? I thought it was really clever. Which one's that then? Which the, alien the, invasion? The the flaxons, I think they were called. The ones with the time yeah, dilation. The yeah. The ones that kept, the ones that came first, aged, came back fixing the right. aged and bracelets. 
That's very but, you know, again, just kind of some clever ideas on, on space and time, relativity, space and time dilation. And then when Omni-Man goes in and absolutely just destroys the place. It was absolutely <laughs> death set. You're just like, whoa, just, you're so... Just absolutely, like, beyond words, just, like, basically... Wrecks their steez. Yeah. <laughs> it basically just destroys the entire civilization single-handedly and then comes back and he's like, I'm going to have a shower. You know, well, I mean, that, that's exactly I'm going to shave off yeah, this beard because it's been what, beard, eight yeah. years. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, you've segued into an interesting point there, Dara, because the show has a really good handle on these big concepts like alien invasions, people living thousands of years, all that stuff, but not at the expense of the small stuff. Like in that episode we're talking about, uh, Invincible gets really heartbroken because he fails to save one person. Like he takes her to the hospital and she doesn't make it. And I think to kind of bring it into the Man of Steel area, that is an aspect that is crucial and lost in a lot of superhero things. Just the saving one person and the value of one life. And the last episode especially, which obviously we won't spoil, really is just an entire discussion of that. Well, if we have gods who live thousands of years, what is the merit of saving one human who from our point of view will disappear in the blink of an eye? And I think the more saturated the superhero thing becomes the more that <laughs> fundamental element of superheroes save people who need help gets lost mm. in the mix you know and i think it adds layers to that fight scene where mark gets literally forced through a train full of people mm. and their guts explode in what is probably the most graphic thing i've ever seen put the screen <laughs> mm. again the man of steel comparisons like no you this know. was more violent than man of steel yeah. like it's more but visceral it feels i think more that's real. on purpose yeah. though it's yeah. like i mean it's one thing to have cool guts violence for the sake of it but it's another to show it as something that is horrible and has emotional consequences for people you know it's i i don't like grotesque stuff but here mm. i thought it was used with the intent to shock not for shock's sake but to show you that using superpowers to kill people is awful and should be awful, you know? But not even that as well. Do you know the the experimentation that was done on the... Like, it it does a really interesting thing with the experimentation that was done on the jocks and on your man's boyfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Turn him into, like, a a zombie. Ezra Miller, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh, wow, that's so dark. Mm. But then when you realize that the, the government agency or whatever, the superhero agency actually have employed them to make those. Yeah. Them, you're like, Oh wow. This is a whole, so it, 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 it isn't black and white. It's there's gray everywhere. Yeah. You know? I mean, it threatens to cross the Snyder line from being too grim for its own, especially as we describe it without the benefit of, you know, the soundtrack, the wonderful animation, all that kind of stuff. But like it's, and, and the boys will probably have this problem too the longer it goes on. But for the time being, it, it's just a sublime show. Every time you think you get a handle on it, it throws you a curveball that it has earned. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, that because that, like, it, it finds, it, it, it does such a good and expert job of just set, of setting up uh, different elements and then uh, and then using the um to play off the, uh, play off each other in ways you just don't expect, you know, like um, you like you 
you know, they like they set up that uh, they set up that Rex is a terrible person, and then uh, and then he gets absolutely humbled by a Monster Girl, and then they suddenly become friends, and it, it just and how organically that that like the, they don't get a huge amount of screen time, but the, how organically that's told does a wonderful job of just bringing of uh, of just showing like a small detail of how well they actually tell stories. Yeah, and oh. Brian, you've segued into a lovely point there, which is the cast is huge. Mm. We have probably missed major characters even in this long discussion, but it feels like every single character is served. Like those two clone brothers we talked about earlier, who you think are kind of a junkable bad guy to start off the show, they get an arc and full journey across it like same with the crazy guy who like has an earthquake machine or the martians or anything like that if a character like i said no flab there's every character is here to do something and the show fundamentally cares about all of its characters even when it's doing horrible things to them and i think that shows a level of I want, to, I want to say something less highfalutin and sophistication, but like this show cares about itself and its world. And you don't always get that in this kind of media, but you definitely get it here. You know, there's a, there's a thoroughness where it feels like uh, Kirkman has just extensive documents on each character written that he's just not revealing yet because mm. it's not necessary. Like, like you mentioned monster girl, she is a microcosm. Because there is certainly pages and pages of lore onto she's cursed with her power. Yeah. And like the fact that her power causes her to age backwards. And like and then obviously the relationships with other people in uh in the new Justice League and the Teen Titans and what have you. And just like there is probably just wiki articles upon wiki articles of uh, that you could read into like her history and how she came to be and who she relates to. Uh but we only get to see a fragment of that in the actual show that could expand later, could be in tertiary material. And she's a tertiary character at best. Yeah, see, I mean, di- like... That's the difference. Sorry, go on there. Sorry, that's the difference between a comic book cartoon and a, meet and a show that you enjoy. Mm. What I mean by that is Game of Thrones had the same thing where like the first couple of oh even no books or series, whatever. Um the world felt real and lived in because it had all this lore around it, and even Lord of the Rings as well, to an extent. Um but that's the difference when when you're when you have all these different characters, they need to make decisions, they need to think and make um make choices that reflect who they are. Everyone in the show feels like a real person and that's what's weird because you're like even when they're doing mad stuff like fighting aliens and reanimating corpses and you know all this other stuff it's still like it never loses the grounding of hey these people go home and they have wives and kids and all that kind of stuff you know yeah you're absolutely right there and i think you know we've kind of spoiled the first episode surprise now the, the shocking thing about the, the sort of the Justice League twist isn't just that they're killed. It's that you believe, like Kev was saying with like the kind of the Monster Girl lore, you believe that all of these characters have a history because they probably do. And like, you know, they, that weirdly enough for one of those characters, that history gets explored long after they're dead. 
So, yeah. like, yeah, this feels mm. like it feels like you're being dropped into the middle of a comic run in the best way possible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's it's like uh, it's like reading Hollis um, Mason's autobiography after he's been dead when you're reading Watchmen. Mm. You know, you're just yeah. going like, whoa, this is this is surprise a surprising amount of detail for something that's almost throwaway in the context of the story being told. Well, you know what? You know what else? Like, it's like when you're in in literature, there's a thing called in res mia, right? Which is like in the middle of things. Mm. It's literally the start of Star Wars Episode Four. You're dropped into the middle of this huge world, this galaxy. Um, There's a international civil war happening at the moment, and you're trying to catch up. And to be honest with you, I think that's a, a really good storytelling device. That you know, say what you want about the other Star Wars saga as a whole. There is little things as exciting being dropped in the middle of stuff. When you're trying to figure out what's going on, everything feels big and huge and lived in. It, it's a very rare thing to get nowadays. We didn't get it with the boys. Like, I like the boys a lot, but it, it still felt very thin. Well, I mean, the um, boys does just plunge you into the world and expect you no, to but, no, later, like No, but what I mean is it, it's a one-to-one parody of the Justice League oh, okay. and Marvel. Fair. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's more of a parody. This is like, yeah. yeah, superheroes exist and we have these things, but that's not our story. The boys is literally, we're a parody of superheroes. Yeah. Mm. I, you know? I not, not, it's hard not to compare them. I personally prefer this over the boys because the boys is so visceral in i don't want to say hatred but it's criticism of superheroes that it can't really have its cake and eat it too even when it's fun this i think rides the line of superhero comics are fun and they're also awful depending on the situation and i think there it manages to juggle that dichotomy better than the boys and certainly better than the earlier kind of dc cinematic offerings and well, i'm really impressed that it manages that. it the boys is trying to do that. I don't know if you guys have. Have you guys read the comics, The Boys? No, no, afraid not. I've read Grant Morrison, just not The Boys. Mm. Did you read any Brent? No. Okay. Well, I heard. I heard the. I heard the, the. The. I heard the books were cack, so I just didn't read them. They're not cack. <laughs> they just. They just get like there's stuff that I cannot say because we are on a half yeah. five. Uh, we're on a five o'clock on a Saturday. Um, You've already explained the whole train thing, though. Yeah, yeah no, but like, okay. Um, in The Boys, for example, there is an X-Men parody. Yeah. And you can guess what Xavier is. Yeah. So that's the level of, you know... Uh, depth that they're going for they're just right. subverting stuff just for the sake of it mm. you know and to be as shocking as possible it's like preacher preacher well, happens it's, to as well, same, so. it's the same that's the same writer same though guy. yeah same guy that's exactly what i mean and that's garrett garrett ennis's biggest problem is he has a cool idea and then just runs with it to the most extreme mm. way you can without any mm-hmm. reason being there like the whole x-men parody and i hate to say the word parody because it is pretty horrific what happens in it um it, it, it doesn't serve a purpose. It's like, oh, okay, right, whatever. You know, it's there was nothing gained here other than being shocking yeah. compared to in Invincible, where you're like, oh my god, I just saw Batman's throat got pull, like, yeah. pulled out through his stomach. You know, you're like, That's, well, I mean, I, I'm it's like it, you know, it, like it, it comes to it, it's like it strikes me as being like it's like the same kind of thought process Mark Miller had when he was like, I'm going to write character America, but I'm going to go, well, he's literally from the forties. So therefore yeah. he's a massive racist. Isn't yeah, that fun? Exactly. Everyone? 
No, yeah, not it's really. A starting point, really. but not really. Now, like, to, yeah. To be fair, from what I understand, as I haven't read the boys' comic, uh, the TV series does take what is a pretty hollow concept of what if Justice League but evil, and at least frames it and kind of fills in the gaps and kind of supports it with a lot of celebrity status commentary and yeah, which is good. Does kind of I, does I, flesh I, it out a lot better. more yeah. than the comic does. Well, yeah, the, no, the, I, I, the show, sorry, as I understand it as well, the show is effectively at this point still a prequel to the what the, the content of the books are as well. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, but yeah. what I what I what I like about the what I like at the boys TV show is I like the way it's a parody of superheroes. Hmm. You know, as far as like the it's a parody on Marvel, it's a parody on DC, uh, and the all the. The, the corporatization of it, let's just say. But um, I, I don't know. I, I enjoy it for what it is. I personally wouldn't enjoy it nearly as much as they just made the comics. I know that's a weird statement because usually I'm the kind of person that's like, no, but it's the, the same, comics. It's the same with the kick ass yeah. film compared to the kick ass book. Like, oh, I hate know, the Kim. They, I hate they know the what books. edges to sand off with, like, you yeah. know. Yeah. If you want but a good commentary on the superhero genre, definitely look check out My Hero Academia. It's really good. It takes mm. it to a Japanese lens very well because he's, it's great. It's yeah. great. <laughs> Like, but I mean, that's the thing, though, is that, like anything I have this thing where like anytime I read anything by Mark Miller, I always just come away from going, why do you write comics if you hate them so much? Like, <laughs> so every he, said time. He, just, he hates he hates comics and he just writes books about how much he hates superheroes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, like I just don't understand how much he hates comics. But like, why even do it as a career if you hate it that much? You know well, what I, mean? I think I think taking that now as a, as a logical point, let's move on to something else that hates comic, that hates superheroes, <laughs> the Eternals. Ooh, um, nice segue. Yeah. I know, right? I know. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, we're professionals of what we do, which is professional yeah. stuff. And uh, waste we? a lot of time. Mm. Yeah, I, think I mean, so. yes, 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 we are. Yes. Hold on a second. When, when do we become professionals? I don't remember getting a paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> you guys get paid? <laughs> <laughs> but have um, you guys seen We Are the Millers? That's a good. That's a good movie. If you guys have never seen it, it's a good movie. I just know the uh, meme. Oh yeah, no, I, I, actually, no, I did. It's it was, a good flip. It's better than it. It's better than it really has any right to be. Yeah, yeah, um, no, it's actually quite a good movie, and it has no right to be nearly as good as it is. Um, anyway, that's good. Eternals. I saw the trailer. Uh, I, I I was very close to going to bed mm. and sleeping it off. I was that angry. Yeah. I, like, all I would say on it is that, um, because I, I don't know anything about the Eternals, I have no idea about anything to do with them. All I will say is I get so, so many flashbacks during the trailer to uh, to X-Men. To X uh, what was the Apocalypse song called again? Or was Apocalypse. It called? Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Uh, yeah. It's Apocalypse, yeah. Yeah, Age of Apocalypse. I get, I just get uh, flashbacks that and go like, oh yeah, no. <laughs> I, I got flashbacks to that and also uh, Inhumans. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's hard not to compare it to Inhumans, which is kind of, um, I mean, Marvel has only got a few. All right, guys, gonna have to leave it there. Um, thanks very much for everyone who's listening on Phoenix 92.5 FM. We do appreciate it. Um, but if you want to get the rest of this show, go over to nerdtonomedia.com. What are you waiting for? Go right now. Nerdtonomedia.com is where you can find the rest of the show. Countless shows. We have shows pretty much on everything. It's where you're going to find them for us. Tons of wrestling shows, nerd shows, everything that you could possibly want is over on Nerd to Know Media right now. NerdToKnowMedia.com, of course, if you would rather do the visual version, Nerd to Know Media on YouTube. We're not hard to find at all. So we'll see you next time here on Phoenix 92.5 FM.
Check out the rest of Rewind here on Phoenix 92.5 FM every Tuesday at 8pm to 9pm. And of course, over on NerdToKnowMedia.com, the only wrestling podcast by wrestling fans who don't hate wrestling. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. Overtime here on Nerd to Know Media. Like in it looks like Inhumans was more of a budget. Is yeah, that, literally is what yeah. I said in the comments. Yeah. yeah, this looks so cheap. It's unbelievable. It's like it's it's it, you know what is right. It's like Amazon made this with no budget, and then they pumped mm. it out. And I'm like, okay, so I have questions. Where were they during everything that just happened? Well, that's the internet's big question. Yeah. No, but that's that's a true statement. It's like, okay, so Thanos was just like, I'm gonna snap all these away, and you guys mm. are gonna chill, but you're showing up why. It's it's stupid. It doesn't need to be done. And I I will not watch it. Except okay. to review it on this show. <laughs> that's because it's my job. But you don't get paid to do this. It's a labor of I, love, Darren. You I would be a bad journalist if I didn't watch it. But I don't want to watch it out of joy. Well, okay. Let's let's actually break down what it is. As far as... If this is the one... Because there's been a few Eternals over the years. This is, as far as I'm aware, the one that's based on Neil Gaiman's limited uh, comic book run. Which, um, if it's that because Marvel's big and confusing, and even if you read it, you don't know it. Um, if it's that, I will, I'll like this if it's a small, limited story that's just like... No, Keen. Better example, Keen, bro. no. No, no, come to the dark side. Stop defending <laughs> things. <laughs> we love you, though, but stop trying to see the best in horrible how, things. How, how dare you? How dare you find merit? How dare you? <laughs> You're supposed to hate it. We're supposed to be internet nerds here. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, like, it's... Look... Marvel is expanding, and if it's going to keep expanding, I want it to go to weird places. Okay, we've got, we don't need, like, obviously we have another Captain America, but we don't need more of the same thing. What I'm hoping this will be is just because the comic is a limited series, I'd be happy if this was a weird, limited Marvel thing that isn't very superhero-y, and certainly they've got an Academy Award-winning director, so... Who's the director? I, uh, oh, I'll get the name now. It's uh, the one who won the best picture this year anyway. But, oh, that um, doesn't. That says that that says F. Uh, Chloe Zhao. Okay, that says nothing. I, yeah, she, yeah, not even, yeah. That says nothing. I, well, I thought it was going to be someone good. What? Okay, look, that's where we're veering off in two different directions at the moment. <laughs> but look, I actually quite like trailer because it seemed quite ethereal and different, and there wasn't a bad guy that needed to fight. It lost me at the end when they felt the need to mention Iron Man and stuff because the yeah. whole trailer, I was like, oh, cool. It's not a superhero thing where the giant laser fires into the sky. But that's, you know, I, 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 really, I, I really that's feel like there is. I really feel like there's going to be a giant blue laser that fires into the, no, the sky. Hold on. Hold on. This is WandaVision all over again. They get us all I excited. I like WandaVision. They, no, hold on. Let me finish. But this is oh, that is the again, most you... hypocritical thing you've said all episode. <laughs> I'm trying. Okay, I'm trying on, to go let on. people finish. I'm trying to let people finish. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to prove myself. <laughs> um, um, no, hold on. I like WandaVision. I loved WandaVision, right? right? But then, laser fight in the sky. 
This is what Marvel yeah, do. Fair, fair, Everything yeah. is laser fight in the sky, no matter what it is. I'm convinced that fucking what's that thing called that's been out for you that hasn't come out for years? What is it? Black Widow. I'm convinced Black Widow is going to have a laser fight in the sky, even though none of them fly. Watch. Uh, but listen, Watch. If they, like they will, they Watch. will make David that's gonna fly. Happen. I'm, They're gonna, I'm convinced. Laser fight in the sky. Everything with Marvel's laser fight in the yeah. sky. Name one Marvel movie that hasn't had a laser fight in the sky. Well, Even Doctor Black Strange, Panther had one actually, in the sky. I want to defend Doctor Strange because they they did an Invincible and just did it backwards. They had the fight happen backwards and then it ends with a conversation. I will Fair. credit innovation where it's due. Fair. But Doctor Strange is phenomenal, so mm. that gets a pass. Yeah. But like, Best I mean, that's, but that's why, to segue back to what I was saying, uh, the trailer gave me hope that like if this is just like a Rogue One weird limited story that you watch it it's done it's they're not going to cross over with the Avengers it's just this thing this happened and it's done like you know movies like the way movies you'd watch them and they'd begin and they'd end and then sometimes there might be a sequel but probably not if it's one of those sure if it's if this is another Avengers team which the last minute sting thing did give you kind of pause for thought I'd be like Okay, you're losing me. But then again, no one was asking for Guardians of the Galaxy, and we like that. So I, hey. I, I'm remaining optimistic until I have proof that I shouldn't be. That's all I'll hey, say. Hey, boys, boys, remember, remember movies. No, <laughs> remember movies remember before streaming. they were good. <laughs> I remember paying thirty quid to watch a movie on a streaming thing. I'm already paying for. Oh, oh you know. what did, hold on. What did you? What no. did you do that for? What movie was that for? It better not been for Mulan. <laughs> you were told to steal it. <laughs> no, no, but it's, go- it's going to be for Black Widow because look, at this time, oh, right. Marvel just has the keys to my wallet, much as I complain about it. Oh man, the cinemas are reopening next month, or ne- in like five days. I'm super excited I, for it. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I was. Re- I'm really looking forward to Dune. Oh, Dune. oh, I, I, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I don't like they. At least like the cinema near me hasn't put out any listings on what they have, or even Last actually I checked, if it was they're in October. Or even if they're opening on like this on the the day, but I yeah. I can't wait to be back in the cinema. I just... Oh man, I, I got I got like Cineworld haven't opened yet, but mm. audience look like they're opening on the seventh. So I'm excited. I love the cinema, and you know what? Also, AMC shout out to AMC, my boys AMC. Um, <laughs> you know, I and I there for a little bit, and I am excited to see the second trailer, the one I did watch because I did not watch the Eternals trailer, but. The second trailer, I am very excited about Venom 2. Yay! I, Look at us I, following a show plan. Yes. More, <laughs> it is simply that I did not think this movie was going to happen. Yeah. I and rem- it's going to have Tom Holland in it as well. I watched No that. way. Of course it, it is. What? Yeah. No, I don't. I think this is sitting pretty out. I think Sony are just kind of taking their ball and walking away with this one. No, man. They, no, look, they, yeah. No, I'm telling you, Tom Holland's going to be in it. Even in, in the end of it, he's going to be in it. I'd say he I, might be in like a post-credits thing, but they're going to hold off exactly on Spider-Man it. until that entire yeah. universe is set up. They've got uh, Morbius yeah. and Craven to get through first. But yeah, no, Venom, Venom is a sweet, precious little oddity of a movie that I shouldn't love be as good. Should I love not it, be as good as it is. So it's so good. And I think I watched it in the perfect scenario, or I was half asleep on a plane to Tokyo, and I was just sitting back, I was like, "This is excellent. This is I don't I I don't I don't I'm not awake enough to know what's going on, but this is great." The film doesn't I know what's to, going on. In fairness, I went to go see um, the cinema, and I, I really enjoyed it. And then I watched it on a plane going to San Francisco, and I appreciate it more. It's a brilliant movie. Everyone and I just watch it. 
And I remember sitting there and watching that post credit sequence with um what's his name? Woody Harrelson. Yeah. Woody yeah. Harrelson as this curly haired, tweaky little little carnage guy. And I was like, this is never happening. I love this. This is not happening. Never. Happened. There's no way we're getting this sequel. Serious Catwoman vibes off it, yeah. Mm. You know what though? I think with some tweaks, Catwoman could have been okay. Would you like to list those tweaks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, 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 um, are, they, are they all? Are all of them the plot? See, the one time I tried, to, see, I tried to be, I tried to be positive here, and then you guys are back to negativity. <laughs> yeah, because we brought up to the <laughs> <laughs> Dara, Dara, this is this is like uh, reading off Jericho's list of a thousand of four holes. It's just tweak number one, the plot. <laughs> <laughs> tweak number two, the plot. Tweak number three. Look, I'll, I'll back Dara on this. Catwoman is at least memorable, and there's a shocking amount of superhero films hey, look, from about the, 2003 to 2009, which yeah. no one remembers. Uh, Who remembers I'll, Electra? I'll Just put, me, I'll, apparently. I'll, 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 I'll put it like this: I didn't even see Catwoman, but I remember. I've, I, but the shots I did see from it are more memorable than the than the ninety minutes of Electra that I actually did sit down and watch. Yeah, yeah. No, Electra, I can't even like, remember. It. I, mean, I can't honest, even remember Electra. Like, Hall- Halle Berry dribbling that basketball takes up very precious space in the back of my brain <laughs> that I cannot vacate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's. It's. I mean, I feel so bad for, and I wish we had one of them on this podcast tonight. Yeah. I feel so bad for like female comic book fans because like it took until Wonder Woman to get one, one good comic book film about a female superhero, and even then the sequel to that seems to have dropped the ball a bit. So like it's yeah yeah it must have been a painful journey for that aspect of representation, you know. Well, look. For years, it took. It was hard to get a comic, a good comic book that wasn't Batman. That's fair. Yeah, that yeah. was it. Like it was just anything that wasn't a Batman would flop, and then they released Batman and Robin, and even that flopped. Mm. Did it actually flop? It did actually flop. Yeah. Oh, it did, it flop, oh yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, but then, but then again, you see, you have to remember they also had like one of the most expensive actors in the world at that time in the film. Like That's its true. budget was huge. It was huge. And Which one is that? Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, and, Clooney. Uh, okay. and Clooney as well. Yeah, well, Clooney was on was still on his rise. Like he was only becoming yeah, yeah. a bigger star at that point. I think he was still like, in Arnold- his Eeyore phase at that time. Yeah. He was, yeah, he, he was, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger got a million a minute, I think. So he's in it for sixteen minutes, and he got like sixteen million. Yeah, he's not a only in it for sixteen minutes. Are you kidding? He is me? only in it for he is only in it for sixteen minutes. Yeah, he's a million a minute. I, I don't think it's a terribly long movie, though. That's the thing. It, it feels very long, though. That's the difference. <laughs> like, I think that's the thing. Like, it's, it's a lot going on, but I, I, like, as far as I remember, I think it's only like a tight 90 minutes. <laughs> it's, it's not a tight 90 minutes. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. It's That movie goes off to die and then comes oh. back and it's like, oh, you're still there. All right, I'll come it's, back. Like, the frustrating thing about Batman and oh, Robin, who's I don't you? know how we ended up here, is that... With a wittier, I get what it's going for, but with and a, with a wittier script, I could see this working in the same way that, say, the Hardy Quinn film that came mm. out last year worked, where it's silly on purpose. No, yeah. no, it doesn't no, rise no, to that level. Oh, you know? oh, no, okay, no, 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 go for it. Hold on, wait, hold so, on. There's so much so, on here, right? Brian, I, you first. I, I, like, I've seen Batman and Robin more than any decent person should ever do. Well, um, I have questions. I've, 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 I've seen it. I've seen it far more than that. Um, 
like, and the more I've seen it, I can absolutely see what they were going for. But there are some pretty critical, there are cr- some pretty critical missteps in it. The, the main one is that for that for that kind of Adam West esque performance of both Bruce Wayne and Batman, Clooney is not the guy for that. Clooney could have Clo- Clooney would be more in line with doing like a Kevin Conroy style Bruce yeah. Wayne and Batman. Yeah. He's N- not at all suited to being that kind of like uh, to playing that version of him where he's like where like he's playing him as a comedic character. It's just not. It's not. You don't do, get Clooney to do that. You know, um, um, and like th- yeah. Again, there's just there's so many things like that, but that's one of the major ones. Again, it's the, the pacing of it is absolutely horrific because mm. the like. It never, it never really does a good job of actually establishing a coherent tone because you, you basically have Arnie doing like do like doing his lines to the best of his ability. Um, the best and of his ability. He's to be fair. He's given like, it socks. He, like, give, you know, he's, like, it's not. He's not winging it. Like uh, what, I would, what I would say is like it. You know. I will give him the same review I would give I would give any eight year old doing an activity play, which is he tried his best, but it wasn't good. Um, Look, people and, like Ernie for a reason. Absolutely, no, I'm one of them. and like it, but again, it like they but they give him like the they give him the animated series Mister Freeze motivation, and he does it with the best of his ability. Doesn't quite work, but he, but then you go from that to having like silly sound effects during fight scenes, and it's just like, what is going on here? Yeah, it, okay. it's like oh, no, it's, it's 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 literally just yeah. Joel Schumacher just going for it. I'm like, because mm. that, like that's the whole thing is that it's it like that's literally just what this whole movie was predicated on is that Joel Schumacher got to do Batman and was given no pushback. Mm. I was well, just I like, mean, we're putting Mister Freeze in a robe. We've got him. We've got him with Thurman being poison ivy. We mm. have a back credit card. Put nipples on the suit. Yeah. Nobody was okay. saying no in that okay. scene. Okay, so hold on, right? So some credit. I was going to bring you in there, Kev, but you you, you jumped in there anyway. So Grant, mm. see, I told you I'm getting better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that's um, like, you know there there is a reason for the way Batman and Robin is the way it is, and it's Joel Schumacher. Yeah. Well, no, absolutely. no, that's not fair. Hold on, that's not fair. That's not fair, right? Now I I will defend Joel because I like Joel, right? R.I.P. Joel. Yeah. Um, okay, this could have worked. And what he was going for was the campy Adam West era Batman mm. where, you know, and he even said, he goes, oh, this is a comic book. This is a comic book kind of thing, right? Why this didn't work was because we weren't ready for it yet, right? <laughs> I think... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay, the okay. Reason why, the reason why I'm saying is because this followed... This was part of the... the what's your man? The guy directed him, the weird guy. Got guy. Tim Burton. Oh, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah. This was still in the continuity of the Tim Burton Batman, right? And people were still like, oh, I actually really like Batman Forever. I think it's pretty good. Um, but then they went for it and it just it doesn't bit it just doesn't jive together, right? It's like half of it is still like, okay, are we still in this universe? Are we not? It's still building on the continuity of what came before. How this would have worked is this have if they release this now, as you said, uh, Kane, with the Harley Quinn movie, this could actually work today. You could release it and go, you know, it's this weird campy Batman like in the 1960s Batman. Mm. There, it's there are some good. pretty major structural changes you oh, ha- still have to yeah. make. But, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But I think it would be more palatable for people. I don't think people would hate it. 
as much. I, I think there's a lot more. Today. I think there's a lot because because we've got so much more saturation for superhero media uh, media now. I think it definitely could be more palatable. And yeah. um, I think the one thing that you would probably find is there would be a not insignificant amount of people who think that the pinnacle of Batman is Christian Bale films. Uh, being, I disagree with that. Yeah, uh, being think, like, yeah. being like, no, Batman is supposed to be serious. Yeah, He's yeah, supposed yeah. to be serious. Don't take this away I mean, from me. See, they both <laughs> like Dark. The Dark Knight is great, but what? No, I don't actually really like the Dark Knight. I hate mm. the the travesty that followed it and the travesty that came before. <laughs> My favorite still Batman Begins. Um, well, I have problems, but what I'm saying is. The one thing about the Nolan films with that it gets right, it gets a lot right. But with Dark, with Dark Knight, it's the only time, with the exception of Batman '89, that you actually see Bruce Wayne at a computer being a detective. The only time. Well, then mm. can I? Because like, I mean, and in the in the, in the Snyder movies as well, but it, it, he's less being Batman there and more trying to kill people. Yeah, that's what it is. Fair. Mm. Well, then can I ask? Because like, you bring up the Nolan thing. And you can criticize them if you want, but they are very clearly about something. And I say this as someone who does script editing now and again. Tell me, without getting into the plot in a too huge a detail, and I'm going to go around the table here, starting with Bryn. In short, what is Batman and Robin about? Oh, that's tough. You oh, see man. what I mean? It's so, really, really cool. Oh, that's, that's really <laughs> difficult to say. Wow. That's... No, no. Fun, fundament, fundamentally, what Batman and Robin is about is about the different kinds of struggles that uh, the two heavily traumatized people have in working together. Fundamentally. Do you think the film succeeds in communicating that? Hell no. <laughs> Dara, same question. Um, I think it's a movie about two best friends at odds with each other in an ever-changing world. You know, actually, I'll give you that. It's it's missing the whole everything. But yes, you are entirely correct. <laughs> Very well done. Kev, over to you. <laughs> Batman and Robin is about the struggles... Of a single father raising a teenager. There you go. And, there you and go. another teenager who turns up. And another teenager. And, and another thrown away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, see, who's, who's, who's from England but has an American accent? Well, see, yeah. because we've we've kicked. I don't know how we got on. It's me, Barbara. <laughs> it's like Your favorite me. nephew, cousin niece. <laughs> it's me, Barbara from Oxford. With my English accent. With it's me, never mind a new that. extra. Yeah. Never well, mind, what, that, is, like, never mind because, that I sound like I'm from Clueless. Yeah. But well, this is what I wanted to get into, which is that like films, not just Batman film, but films have to be fundamentally about one thing and have a focus on it. So we talked about Invincible and it's kind of about the dichotomy of like, you know, sort of presenting the fun stuff of a superhero life, but also examining the fallout of not just the public at large, but interpersonal stuff. Uh, Batman will say the Nolan films, they are about putting the fantastical stuff about Batman into a very, very grounded reality. And that's kind of a thing that goes across all those films. You basically have to be able to do an elevator pitch on yeah, the Yeah, plot, exactly. Right? A lift pitch, which except, for anyone who doesn't know for, is there's a legend one. in Hollywood that you might get into a lift with a producer and you have until that lift gets to the top floor, 
to get your movie idea across. Yeah. Batman and Robin, we talked about how it's kind of fun and silly in one way and it's kind of trying to be moody and gritty in the other. But like it's cluttered to the point that it's really hard to say what it is, which is why you're kind of like, oh, but Mr. Freeze is this. We spent 20 minutes talking about this and Barbara is the point of view character functionally. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's kind of, I'm sure a decent edit could fix it, but it's definitely of an era of superhero a, films where they were just throwing yeah. things at a wall and hoping stuff stuck. Steel came out a year before this, you know? Steel, Steel came out the year after. Year after? So, oh, my mistake, yeah. sorry. Yeah, Steel came out the same year, same year as Blade, 1998. Can yeah. I just say, the, the, it's the closest that we've got to an on-screen live-action Nightwing costume. Oh, yeah. As it was. Yeah. Yeah. As it was. Yeah. But I mean, again, that's not enough to save it. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's nearly enough for the save it. I knowing. I, uh, I, I mean, again, the rest of the film, I would argue, was a good character. I can let things. I can let things go, Bryn. Don't worry, it's fine. You'd have can to let ninety-seven percent of it go. <laughs> <laughs> Drop it like a bag I... of rocks. <laughs> Look, we all make mistakes, all right, Joe. <laughs> Poor Joe, you know. I mean, like, look. I mean, like, I, I, I think it, I, I think it's pretty safe to say that if you look at Joel Schumacher's career, it's like the it's man one, apologized. It's, he said it's, sorry. It's, <laughs> but like, if you look at if you look at Joel Schumacher's career, you can see that, like, generally speaking, he's a man of restraint, and yeah, <laughs> something just snapped in him <laughs> in this film. In <laughs> like, I'm just gonna go for it. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. It's like I wa- really wanted to do a Batman opera in the last film, <laughs> and I didn't. I just didn't quite nail it. I'm really <laughs> determined this time to make it happen. I do have to say though, I love the God- I love the Gotham City of this. I love the neon yeah. everywhere. Man. I just enjoy that. <laughs> the, the, the ridiculous, uh, the ridiculous, over the top statues that have inexplicably oh, have have roads have road next to, <laughs> next to them. Why like, not? <laughs> oh man! I have to say, he, he, the thing that the, the thing that breaks you about this movie is the backflip and that all the all the street gangs yeah. and all the the thugs can backflip. And I'm like, come on, guys! Mm, you know, the, 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 all, the, you're talking about the neon face paint thugs, mm. aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Backflips yeah. everywhere. I, yeah, I, the other thing that like it just really I don't I don't know why it annoys me so much, but like especially in fight scenes when they would have like Looney Tune sound effects go on for people yeah. falling off, it's like what the point? What's the point of that? Well, <laughs> you know? funnily enough, because I know Kev has been trying to say something for about ten minutes now, uh, but like uh, <laughs> the interesting thing comparing the flipping street gangs and things is that in the Tim Burton Batman film, the first film, you had one. Yep. You had one mm. guy who backflipped and did knives and things. And you're like, okay. And then he got kicked in his face one... for the, for the yeah. trouble. Joker found one guy who can do backflips. Fine. He was on LinkedIn. Whatever. <laughs> and then by the, by the time you reach Batman and Robin, everyone in the world and their grandmother can do it. And that's just a journey yeah. of the tone of realism across those four films. Like... Well, Kev, God bless you. What I have you been can't remember. Say? I think each of those was <laughs> yeah. an individual witticism that I was going to bring up that has entirely vacated my brain. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I think with the advent of backflipping goons on LinkedIn, uh, I think we are at time. <laughs> I mean, there's no real top in that, is there? No. No. <laughs> and we well, managed uh, to make it the whole way through without bad batch. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no Star Wars. <laughs> no, we ma- no, 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 Bad Batch no, denied. <laughs> no, we mentioned Star Wars. We we we, we used that as a okay. Yeah, you support. you yeah used Kara as the character study. You sly dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel I feel really bad there. I feel like we've been kind of cutting you off a lot this week, and I want to. No, no, I need it. That. No, no, I need it. I need this. <laughs> That's okay, that's fine. Okay, cool. So, Darren, <laughs> shut the hell up. We're showing sure <laughs> yeah, show. Exactly. This is what needs to be done. As uh, I said. So, as we close out, uh, Kian, have you anything to plug for the good people? Uh, yeah, actually. I'm still running my uh, drama classes with ADHD Ireland. We had a wonderful turnout today. Uh, so if you're looking to do some drama classes for Zoom over Zoom for free, it's uh, no kind of previous experience required, and I run them myself. So, Pop along, and uh, we're going to have lots more events like that with ADHD Ireland uh, if you want to do some fun classes over the summer. Awesome. Sounds great. Uh, Bryn? Uh, you can add me on Twitter at uh, CastBrynCast, and that's pretty much all I have. Um, you know, just at me and tell me why Why don't I have shows? Come on, you want shows from me? <laughs> and maybe get I'll start doing Get the people to demand the shows. Yeah. They're not going to happen, but get the people no. to demand the shows. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Well, like, if they do it, then, you know, I've got to give the people what they want, you know? Always. Like the promises of more shows. Yeah. <laughs> promises you know. of more empty, shows. Empty promises. Yeah. It's like, where the, it's like when the best friends where sits the Where sits your own year old. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, if only your Twitter handle could be empty promises. <laughs> uh, and in the meantime, Dara, have you anything to plug for the good people? I do. I have a few things to plug. First thing is Aprin, Catherine Cast. Yeah. Hashtag Dara was right twice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> make sure you remind Bryn on a daily basis that that's true. And they won't though. It's fine. Respond to every single tweet, carrier pigeon, email. <laughs> Especially the mm. carrier pigeons. Oh, they yeah. come with gifts sometimes. Come to Lonely uh, with a thriving pigeon community. Yeah. I've oh, been no, at it literally that. tens of times over the last tens few years. Sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, also, do check out our shows. Uh, last week's show was quite good. It was all about cyber and, and things. Yeah, if you uh, want actual current events and not Batman films from 23 <laughs> years ago, our breakdown of the HSE thing last week it was very well done guys and i want to give Bryn and dara a huge applause for that because they did a fantastic job you make it sound like we don't talk about anything important otherwise oh that's an awkward thing to drop in at the last minute (laughs) (laughs) we talk about important things all the time the good people need to know why star wars is important and why joe schumacher needs to be defended and why he's dogs You would watch dogs. Wise dogs. You would watch in a hypothetical reality where he's still alive a Joel Schumacher Star Wars film. Then I'd much rather watch it than where that shit was we got a couple of years ago. Oh, that could that's a, that could be anything. Yeah. Well, uh, enjoy the edit, Dara. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at kevtalica ninety four. Wait, no, just at kevtalica. Never mind. Uh, no 94 it's been no removed 94. no 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 it's never been mind. Redacted. Don't, don't worry about it Kev no longer has a birthday two just two black bars at the end of my Twitter handle at <laughs> uh, Talica on Twitter uh, and that's about all you can really find from me outside of the network of course go check us out uh, if you're listening to this on, on Phoenix check us out on YouTube and Spotify uh, we're all over socials and uh, this, that is that wraps up for another Nerd Time Basis see you next week bye bye, bye. bye.
Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.